So welcome along to recap the end of week 42. Um, we've gone through another couple of weeks of the Gospels and hopefully you find it um, not too jumpy. This is a chronological version and so we're we're taking the stories as they happen rather than um, necessarily going through one Gospel and then through another and then through another. Um, and so we take them on on the same day and often it's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and in the same day sometimes we leave out some of them. Um, sometimes we deal with one book only as we've done a few times in the book of John um, but that's the chronological order and so hopefully you've been seeing that that and one of the important things to notice is is just a little differences in these we talked about this before the sense of the gospels being four perspectives on the story of Jesus written for four different reasons by four different people um, with, with their agendas in a sense or with their their ideas of, of who they have in mind or who they're writing to and so they're all slightly different for a reason we don't and I think we shouldn't expect them to be word for word similar because why would there be four then they'd just be copies of one another and so there's these four slight different variations on the life of Jesus called the Gospels which we've been reading through um, next recap actually I think I will do a little bit of the, the order of them there's a sense of one came first and another and some of them have been using others to, to relay information and, and to base their Gospels on. But we'll deal with that next time. What I want to look at this time is something that only appears in one of the Gospels. It was on day 292. You might have uh, have noticed it and thought it was strange. I always do when I read through it and it is Jesus heals the blind man in Mark chapter 8 verse 22 to 26 when they came to Bethsaida with the disciples these people bring a blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch him. He takes the blind man by the hand and takes him out of the village. Weird. Spitting in his eyes and laying his hands on him. He asks him, do you see anything? He looks up and says, I see people. They look like trees walking again. Jesus placed his hand on the man's eyes and he saw distinctly. He was cured and could see everything. Then he sent him home saying, don't go even into, don't even go into the village. And so a few strange things to note. My question is always, well, why did this take two times? We've already had Jesus heal a blind man once before, uh, and it, that happened instantaneously. And so what happened here? Jesus, what what happened? Is, was your mouth a bit dry? Was your spit not enough? Was uh, Did you need to take a glass of water beforehand? Did you not lay your hands on him in the right way? What What happened this time? Uh, and that's one of the questions we probably have. You might have noticed it and asked that same question as well. Uh, and I want to take a few moments just to reflect on that. I was doing some readings. I'm thinking about it. Often the way we ask a question is often how we expect the answer. So we'll ask questions in certain ways to receive certain answers. Uh, and we do that with children all the time or we're taught to do that in many ways. I'm sure if your child comes home or you know somebody and they'll walk in through the door and you'll be like, oh, how was your day? Fine. How, how was your day? Good. And then you suddenly switch and reframe the question by saying, well, what did you do today? And then that means that the child or the person has to answer something more than eh, lots. Or they're, you're encouraging them by the question to show you something more and I suppose what we're going to do for this recap is a little bit of that. We have the first question is, well, what happened, Jesus? Why why didn't you heal him the first time? What was wrong with that? And I want to reframe that question and to say, well, why did you do it this way, Jesus? 
because as we'll have noticed, even as he has told us himself through many of the parables and the stories that he's been sharing and the way he's been speaking to his disciples, nothing Jesus does is ever because something's gone wrong or he hasn't thought it through or it just so happens to be that way or it's merely just this is this is it. There's always another layer, as Donkey would say in Shrek, there's a whole lot of layers to the onion. You can look at a surface level and we can think, well, why didn't you do that, Jesus? And the chances are we'll not ask any further than that and we'll just go on our way and think, well, maybe Jesus wasn't informed that day or maybe he didn't have power that day or maybe he didn't have enough spittle or maybe he didn't put his, his hands on him in the right way. And with all these kind of answers that go, well, that, that's just how it is. Sometimes people aren't healed and it's not easy. Maybe he didn't have enough faith, maybe, blah, blah, blah. We all have these answers to the question that we ask and so with some of those answers in mind we go oh well why didn't you Jesus whereas what I'm going to do now for a few moments is say well why did you do it in that way Jesus why did you do it that way because there's always a reason when Jesus does anything it's always for a reason there's always a thought behind it it's always thought out and processed it's always distinctly for a, a reason or to get to another point his questions and his actions always convey something else and he's like the kung fu of questions as well because anytime you ask jesus a question he always kind of bats it back to you and so he's not somebody who just will give answers and will do things or not do things because oh that was just easier that way or this blind man was a little more blind than the other one there's always a reason and so i was looking and thinking about this and one of one of the options we have is that Jesus was showing some of his compassion through this strange thing that he takes them out of the village. Well, why does he do that? I mean, he he's cured many people in the midst of others. He's made the other man see in front of people. So why suddenly take this man out of the village? And that's they say as part of Jesus' compassion. He's showing himself to be compassionate to get, not just be someone who physically heals and not someone who just performs these miracles just to see them happen and just so others can see. But he, he's in the mind, he's in the heart, he's in the head of the person being healed. And so this man, if he was a beggar, if he was in, um, if he was being brought by these people, they were all expecting a little bit of a show. And so Jesus takes him out and takes him away out of the village, maybe on his own, maybe with these few people, uh, and then performs this miracle and it's showing Jesus compassion it's showing Jesus sense of I, I know what's going to happen here and I, I know how you're going to feel I know you might be overwhelmed I know you might be uh, in disbelief I know you might be awestruck and so let's just do this somewhere else another part of that is the way he goes about it spittle spit was thought in this time to be not magical, but people had a, a belief in the healing power of it. And so that was that was widespread. That was what people thought. And I suppose now if you cut your finger or if you burn your finger, your first instantaneous reaction is to put it in your mouth or, or to lick it away because there's that sense still in us that spittle is something more or has healing properties. And so Jesus doesn't say magic words or say words that just simply cure him, but he he works within the boundaries that this man knows again showing his compassion he works within the boundaries so as to help this man truly believe that that this has been performed by him and so there's there's a few options 
the the gradual sense of it is so that this man isn't overwhelmed. The gradual sense that it it comes back and and stages a bit like maybe this man's faith, who not him, maybe he and maybe others aren't going to believe instantaneously, but it takes a gradual process to come to healing, in a sense, and, and that's for all of us. That's where I don't understand or don't believe that. You know, you need to say a prayer and you need to have a date to say that you're a Christian because that's the point at which you can keep your ticket to heaven or, or keep your prayer card or keep whatever else because that is what will get you into heaven. But for it's it's a gradual process. No, no matter how long we're here on this earth, no matter how long uh, we claim to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus, we always have to to gradually move ourselves to become more like him. It's a, it's a process. It's a continual, gradual process. The other part of um, this that uh, Tom Wright actually looks at, he, he doesn't really deal with the, the miracle at all, actually, um, in his commentary. He just kind of leaves it out, but actually looks at why the writer has put it in. So he looks at why Mark has included this in his gospel. Um, and so kind of dismiss not dismisses, but just doesn't look at the, the actual healing and doesn't even ask any questions about it. But says this. Let's look at the order of Mark um, that Mark has put this book. Let's look at what has gone on before, and let's look at what goes on after. And this is this is the high point. This is the turning point. This is the central theme of Mark's gospel, and it's about who Jesus is. He says even where this happens it is pivotal because there's a a mountain slope. Uh, a, a clear day's thinking gives you a view back through the the mountains that we see in Jerusalem and and down to the lake. Um, and he says that's actually what happens in the gospel as well. We look back over what's happened already. We see certain things about Jesus, certain claims. And then from this point we look forward and we see something entirely different about Jesus and about who he claims to be. Uh, and says there's a parallel between that first part and the second part. He says Jesus takes the blind man away from the village. He takes the disciples away from the lakes and the crowds. At the end he says um, both in secrecy he's reached the point where it's vital that word doesn't leak out he shows this story and this is the part where he says the gradual process of this man seeing uh, the gradual um, trees and things he says the blind people the blind people the blind man sees people but they look like trees walking about and parallels that to the crowds which will see jesus but think he's only a prophet then of course that's not all that he is and so he says with a second touch jesus faces the disciples themselves with the questions and then their eyes are open. They understand about the loaves and all the other signs. Peter then says, you are the Messiah. And so he, he seems to say that this, well, doesn't deal with it as a historical action or a historical event, but deals with this more in terms of this illustrates all that has happened and all that will happen. The blind will see, but they will see gradually. This blind man sees people walking about like trees and that's how people will see Jesus and so this is very much from Jesus perspective of Jesus is portraying who he is and what is he what he is about and how people will respond to him again a bit like we had in the first there's a sense that this is showing a gradual process for people as Jesus is revealed to them uh, and they can see him for what he truly is uh, and so in this recap of the end of week 42 Maybe that helps you into it. Maybe it just confuses you even more. But hopefully, as we're going through all these Gospels, that is what will happen to all of us as we begin to see Jesus come into more and more focus for each of us. And so we pray that, and may you see that 
in these next two weeks as we continue through the Gospels.